You are listening to the Yeah, I Went There podcast. I'm your host, Carrie L. Johnson, and this podcast is all about exposing the most vulnerable and shameful parts of me, there are many, because it's in admitting and accepting these things that I've truly come to love myself, and I want you to feel that way too. I'm a highly sensitive person who has a lifelong history of anxiety, depression, and crippling self-hate, and I recovered from a 22-year-long eating disorder that began when I was just four years old. I lived in shame over who I was at my core until I finally faced my issues with honesty and started talking about them, first to myself and now to the world. Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast. Today I wanna talk about what a highly sensitive person actually is. It's not just a descriptor that I use to describe myself as someone who feels a lot of things. It's an actual scientific thing that the doctor Elaine Aaron has done an amazing amount of research over and about and in since 1991. So today I wanna read from her website, which is hsperson.com, so that you can kind of have a better understanding of what I'm talking about when I am referencing highly sensitive people. And there's a good chance that if you follow me, you may be a highly sensitive person as well. True fact and fun story, I talked about my sensitivities on YouTube six years ago when I was making videos there, and that was like the only place I was making content. And it was my YouTube subscribers who introduced me to Dr. Elaine Aaron and the work that she has done. Reading it, I immediately could relate to everything she was talking about, and I dove in headfirst and gained so much compassion for myself after learning about her research. Highly sensitive people react differently than people who are not highly sensitive. And a lot of the time we look like we're behaving badly. And a lot of the time we are behaving badly, but it's because we are overstimulated. Our sensitivity, our threshold for pain is much lower because our sensitivity is so much higher and therefore we react negatively to things sooner than people who aren't so sensitive do. And that makes us look bad when in reality we need to step back and understand our limits so that we can take care of ourselves the way that we need. This is also really important if you have a highly sensitive child because it's very easy to discipline and coach children who are highly sensitive in a way that's not beneficial to their personality and what they need to build strong character and a sense of self-worth. If you punish kids that are highly sensitive in ways that aren't beneficial to them, uh, a lot of things can happen. For me, I internalized a lot of the punishments that I received and I kind of tore myself apart and I was just filled with shame for a very long time. It wasn't until adulthood when I really learned about these traits that I was able to see that my sensitivities were just what I was born with. It was a part of me and it was actually a really good thing. So now I'm gonna tell you what Dr. Elaine Aaron has to say about it. First, she asks this, is this you? Are you easily overwhelmed by such things as bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens nearby? Yes, check, that's me. Do you get rattled when you have to when you have a lot to do in a short amount of time? Yes, I do. Do you make a point of avoiding violent movies and TV shows? That might be you. I make a point of avoiding kind of gory ones. That's not really my thing. Do you need to withdraw during busy days into bed or a darkened room or some other place where you can have privacy and relief from the situation? 
yes, I made a video outlining my crippling social anxiety and it talks about that a little bit there. Do you make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations? Yes, both. Check, check. Do you notice or enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, or works of art? Yes, absolutely. I will often notice things, especially pleasant things, like sounds and experiences that other people don't. And it's not because they're not there. I'm not making it up or hallucinating it. If I mention it, someone will also notice and they'll be like, oh wow, I never even picked up on that. But I recognize those subtleties everywhere. Do you have a rich and complex inner life? Yes, I do, Dr. Elaine Aaron, I sure do. When you were a child, did your parents or teachers see you as sensitive or shy? Yes, they did. So Dr. Elaine Aaron goes on to explain some benefits of sensitivity, uh, highly sensitive people. She calls them HSPs, which is how I refer to highly sensitive people very often, especially in my hashtags and the content I'm creating. But she says this, this is some interesting stuff to know. First, your trait is normal. It is found in 15 to 20% of the population. It's too many to be a disorder, but it's not enough to be well understood by the majority of those around you. And that is so true. Highly sensitive people are often marginalized because of their reactions, when in reality, we're not getting what we need. And that's why we're reacting that way. It is innate. In fact, biologists have found it in over 100 species, and there are probably more from fruit flies, birds, and fish, to dogs, cats, horses, and primates. This trait reflects a certain type of survival strategy, being observant before acting. The brains of highly sensitive persons actually work a little differently than others. And then she lists a bunch of her research, which you can find on this website, website and I highly encourage you to look at it because it's pretty fascinating. She says you are more aware than others of subtleties. This is mainly because your brain processes information and reflects on it more deeply. So even if you wear glasses, for example, you see more than others by noticing more. You are also more easily overwhelmed. That is me. If you notice everything, you are naturally going to be overstimulated when things are too intense, complex, chaotic, or novel for a long time. This trait is not a new discovery, but it has been misunderstood. Because HSPs prefer to look before entering new situations, they are often called shy, but shyness is learned, not innate. In fact, 30% of HSPs are extroverts, although the trait is often mislabeled as introversion. It has also been called inhibitedness, fearfulness, or neuroticism. Some HSPs behave in these ways, but it is not innate to do so and not the basic trait itself. And lastly, sensitivity is valued differently in different cultures. In cultures where it is not valued, HSPs tend to have low self-esteem. They are told, don't be so sensitive, so that they feel abnormal. I can kind of relate to that. It was never, um, no one in my family like maliciously told me to not be sensitive. I actually think that there are multiple highly sensitive people in my family, and we never really identified that as a good thing. Um, and sometimes we would like all be overstimulated and explode and it wasn't great. Um, but it, it's really insightful as an adult to look back on my childhood, my upbringing and how I was treated and how I reacted to things and how helpful it would have been to know what it means to be 
a highly sensitive person. Dr. Elaine Aaron has written two books that I have read. She very well may have written more than those, but there is The Highly Sensitive Person, which I have read, and I highly encourage you to read if you are a highly sensitive person or if you know a highly sensitive person. And also The Highly Sensitive Child, which if you have a child that's highly sensitive, you have to read that book. It is unbelievably insightful and it gives you practical and useful tips and tools and hacks to parent your child in a way that you're going to see marked markedly improved behavior and also just a happier child it's tough being sensitive because it feels like everything hurts almost all of the time i think a lot of that comes from being in the culture that we're in and i don't think that it values sensitivity very highly it also has to do with us not understanding how we behave as highly sensitive people and so it's very easy for us to lose our tempers or um, to fly off the handle or to get angry or rageful or to be to depressed depressed and anxious, which is something that I've dealt with for a very long time. I highly equate a lot of my um, behaviors toward binge eating disorder with being highly sensitive. Um, I was very, I, I experienced a lot of stress, heightened stress just because of my sensitivities and I didn't know how to handle it. And so binging on food was a method of pain management and stress reduction for me. It was a natural method. I mean, that just happened and it, it was very disordered and it was very dangerous, but I didn't fully understand it until after I had even recovered, but I did struggle with that for decades. And I think that so much of that is because I was highly sensitive. In addition, I think that there's more going on with me neurologically than just high sensitivity, but I'm not going to go into that just yet. I am actively working with um, healthcare professionals to to look at my brain and see what's going on in there. And it's really interesting and it's really fun to figure out. Um, and I've really started to dive into the neurodiverse community and I'm, I'm meeting new people and I'll probably have a few of them on my podcast as guests. So, I mean, you'll probably be able to figure out what I'm trying to sort out with time. Um, it's not something I'm ashamed of. It's just something that I am currently working through and I'm just not sure about. So I'm doing that on my own time, but I am a highly sensitive person. And I think that my message of um, mental health advocacy and mental health awareness is most easily received by people who are highly sensitive. It's my story and, it, and it's just that. I'm not an expert, but I definitely have spent a ton of my life figuring this out, so much of my life figuring this out. And most of that time was spent figuring it out incorrectly and shaming myself for my behavior rather than understanding who I was and accepting my limits and um, really tending to those. Um, my life today is spent a lot of the time uh, taking care of my mental health. Um, my recovery and my mental health are the most important thing to me. Um, it sounds very self-centered, but, and it, and actually it is, it is pretty self-centered, but when I am taking care of myself, I am a force to be reckoned with. Like I move mountains. I am so good at what I do when I am taking care of myself, when I am not taking care of myself. And when, before I knew that the option to take care of myself was on the table, I was very sick very sick. Binge eating disorder was the way it manifested. Um, the anxiety and depression, those still loom on occasion. Um, but 
those come up far more easily when I'm not being compassionate with myself and, and doing the things that I need to do to make sure I'm getting enough sleep and eating well and um, connecting with the people that I love and most importantly, connecting with myself. So I hope that this has given you something to think about. I highly suggest you read those books and I will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, and subscribe to my podcast. I'm on Apple, Anchor, and Spotify. Leave me a review if you like it. And maybe, yeah, let me know. <laughs>